Good morning, everyone. All right. So, if you haven't been with us for the past few weeks, we are currently going through the Sermon on the Mount, which is also known as the Beatitudes. The scene before us in the passage that we're going to be reading has Jesus up the mountain. He's a few sentences in at this point, and the disciples sit before their teacher as he instructs them. And if we were to kind of zoom out a little bit, we would see that the crowds have gathered around and are leaning in, listening intently as Jesus gives his most direct message, at least recorded in Scripture. As we heard previously from Pastor Adam, Jesus began his teaching by saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. If you haven't heard that encouraging message yet, I would encourage you to check it out later today on YouTube. But today, we are going to focus on the next part, which Jesus follows it up with, which is, it's found, first of all, in Matthew chapter um, 4, verse 5. 5 verse 4. My bad. 5 verse 4. And it says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. I can imagine the initial thoughts of the crowd and the disciples were much the same as us when we hear that passage. Blessed are those who mourn? What are you talking about, Jesus? I don't know about you, but the last time I mourned, the last time I felt deep sorrow or regret, I I didn't feel very blessed. It's not a saying that we use to encourage people when they are in their grieving stage, when they are really feeling that sorrow. We don't go up to them and say, hey, you're blessed. That would be so bad. Don't do that. And I can firmly say that I've never seen that in comments on social media, especially when our friends are sharing their hurts. Whenever we go through those comments, it's, it's never saying, you are blessed. Of course it isn't. I don't see it. And initially, at first glance, when I first read this passage, I don't understand it. What do you mean, Jesus? But how true of that is is of Jesus? Jesus confuses us. Sometimes our first glance of our reading in a passage doesn't make a lot of sense. Why is he doing that? Why does he say that? Why does he turn water into wine for his first miracle? What a weird first miracle to do. Why does he choose to be despised and rejected by those who should be welcoming him with open arms? Why does God, I mean God, come down and become fully human and yet have this incredible mystery of also being fully God? Doesn't he know that that will be confusing? Doesn't he know that possibly the worst thing that we can hear when we are really hurting perhaps mourning the loss of a loved one, is that we are blessed? I I can't imagine a friend coming up to me in the midst of me really crying out and wondering why this is taking place and why this would happen and have a friend come to me and say, you're blessed. I just can't picture it. And yet, something about what Jesus is saying intrigues me. It's so counterintuitive to what we would think. But isn't that the same of Jesus? I know it was when I first met him. I mean, what do you mean I'm blessed because I'm mourning? 
So for those of you who are in the midst of a season of mourning, hold on. God has something for you in this passage, and and, and I believe he has something to speak to you through this message. Trust that you will see the blessing that Jesus is talking about, and that is being promised by God here. Let's, if you would, please join me as we pray and, and really ask God to speak to us through this time. God, I thank you so much for this passage. And I thank you for the many ways in which you speak to us. Ways in which sometimes on the surface, initially we don't understand. And yet it penetrates our heart and, and plants a seed that will grow And we will understand and and we will see the truth of it that will encompass so much more than we could ever ask or properly understand in the way that we would. But God, you do things on a mysterious level. And we love that. We love that you're our Father who cares deeply for us and has amazing gifts for us. I pray, Lord God, that the gift that you want to give us through this message, through this passage would speak to each of us. I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Now, I know I kind of focused a lot on the earlier portion of this passage in my opening, and that was intentional. I think very often when we read Scripture or even when we hear something, and it isn't necessarily something that is kind or is something that we would naturally be drawn to, or maybe something that actually ends up kind of rubbing us the wrong way or, or sticks out, it can, it can get us to check out. And I don't want that to happen. I don't want those of you with a fresh hurt to feel that sting and, and check out because God has something for you here. Really, I want all of us, really all of us, to have ears to hear what God is saying to us through this passage. Because I believe it is the difference between Paul and Judas. And I'll come back to that in a minute. But both of them sinned and had a different outcome. Both of them messed up and went through a a mourning season and then had a different outcome. But like I said, we'll come back to that later. Let's go back to the passage. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. The first crucial piece for us to understand is the historical context of this message, of when Jesus actually spoke this. Jesus, at the time when he was sharing this message, was preaching to a Jewish audience. And a big part of their culture back then, and and still to this day for a large extent, was to know their history. It was to study in the temple and know about God's provision and guidance for their people. A book they would have known so well would have been Isaiah especially since it contains so much information on the Messiah that was to come. And when Jesus is saying, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted, all the people's mind, the disciples and the crowd that are gathered around listening to Jesus on this mountain, their mind would have went back to Isaiah 61 verses 1 to 2 which reads, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all 
who mourn. Very clearly in this passage, the one who comforts those who mourn is God. So what exactly is Jesus referring to when he speaks this to the crowd gathered? First, he is reminding them of this passage and declaring the truth found in Isaiah 61 that God is the comforter. And Jesus, the one who is speaking the message, is comforter incarnate. Well, what is the power of those to, of, sorry, what is the power of comfort to those who mourn? Well, this is what's talked about in Isaiah 61. So what exactly is Jesus referring to here? Let's check that passage in Isaiah a little bit closer. It is the power to bind the brokenhearted, it says. To heal, restore, and mend those whose hearts are broken. When we are mourning, an incredible hard thing for us to do is to heal. It takes time, it takes energy, and it takes closure in a lot of circumstances. What Jesus is saying to us is that he has come to mend our hearts, to restore and bind up the wounds that have left our hearts in tatters. When we have a broken heart, our heart is absolutely in a world of pain, and it causes us to mourn. It can be hard for us to fully love and deeply like we did before. To love fully and deeply. To not feel numb and gray to the world around us. Jesus also is saying the comfort he brings is the power to set captives free, to release those who are bound in prison. The power to rescue those who are lost in their thoughts, who are lost in the hurts and pain, and to bring them to a place of freedom, of release from the torture that we can often put ourselves through, through reliving those moments time and time again, through bringing them up in our conversations time and time again. Too often, we find people who have experienced hurt from years prior, and their hands are like clenched around it. They're clenching their pain like it's a treasure. They are never going to let it go, because if only you understood. But Jesus' comfort when we are mourning, is to let us let go of our hurts and our pains so we can actually move on and not keep holding on to something that has happened. The prison and shackles of pain that we often find ourselves in is often constructed by ourselves from not letting go of past hurts. Jesus offers us freedom from this, Not only freedom, but a new way of living where we can see the blessing of a new life. When Jesus is preaching this message and the crowd hears it, I'm sure after they actually like listen to it and take it in, they consider the words that he's saying and they go back to that passage in Isaiah. I'm certain of it. For us, we must remember that this is the context of whenever Jesus is talking. He is preaching to a Jewish audience. He is preaching to people who know and rely and lean on Scripture. We, as Christians of this day and age, 
must be in the word of God to make these connections, to remember in which the context of the preaching in the Bible is happening. It's a good reminder for all of us to be diligent and active in our pursuit of him who is most worthy of all our efforts. And this is where God is so worthy of all our praise. For his word, scripture, Bible, whatever word you want to use, it is living and active and it still speaks to us today as much as it spoke to the people gathered around him. Jesus is saying to us on this side of his death and resurrection that we are blessed if we mourn, for we shall be comforted. We are comforted by Jesus. We are comforted by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we are also comforted by followers of Christ who are his hands and feet and his voice in our life. We have the Holy Spirit. And what's another name for the Holy Spirit? It is the great comforter. And so when we mourn, even when those days come, when we are in in a funk and we are all alone, we truly aren't. I want to encourage you with this. I want you to remember this, please. This is the utmost of my message. When we as Christians mourn, we are never alone in our grief. We are never alone in our pain. We have a God who is always with us, through the presence of the Holy Spirit. So in those moments when the enemy wants to defeat us and say that we are all alone, that we won't come back from this, that it would be better to end it, know that the enemy's role is as the accuser. And as it says in 1 Peter 5 verse 8, he prowls around us like a lion looking for someone to devour. But here's the good news. He can come at us all he wants, for we shall, he shall never prevail against us. For we have a God who has defeated sin and overcome the grave, and it is by his mighty hand that we shall always win. We are not alone. We have a God whose spirit never leaves us or forsakes us. We have a family of believers who have undergone and who are undergoing the same suffering as us. That's 1 Peter 5 verse 9. Who we will one day rejoice with. For greater is he that is in us than he who is in the world. We have a God who is conqueror and king who has already won any fight that we might come up against. He has claimed victory over it. We will be blessed when we suffer because we shall receive strength from on high through him we will overcome. We may be hurt, we may be suffering, we may endure such mourning that we have a day that it is just horrible, but it will not defeat us because we have a day that is coming and that is written down in the law that God is victorious. And one day we will be in his presence where we shall never shed a tear through trouble, through pain, through hurt. My goodness, what a blessing and promise Jesus is giving us through this Sermon on the Mount. But as always, God never forces us to choose him. He never forces us to accept the gift, the the promise, the blessing that he gives us. He gives us freedom to choose him. 
He gives us freedom to choose the promise and blessing that he's given us. God's power, the power he is letting us see through these beatitudes, is resurrection power. The power to bring dead to life. If we feel broken, if we feel defeated, if we feel dead, we have good news. We have a God who brings life to death, who can cure the broken, and who has once and for all defeated sin and death. If we feel dead, and and this is a real thing, guys, if we feel like we are living in our hurt, in our pain, maybe it's because we're going through a season of mourning. Maybe, maybe that's just where we're at. But we have a God who is a comforter in that season. Maybe we're going through a really rough and rocky season. And honestly, guys, we need to be real. Maybe it's because we have sin in our life. And the death of our old life is actually closer to us than it should be. Maybe we've gone back to our old way of living and we are clutching the corpse of our old self. And we are holding on to our old life while we are trying to follow Jesus. But if we are carrying something that heavy, something that dead, something that counter to what Jesus is, we're not going to be able to keep our eyes on Jesus. We're not going to be able to follow him like we're supposed to, like we're called to. When we became Christ followers, the Bible is clear. We died to our old self and became a new creation in Christ Jesus. The, that old life, our old habits, our, our, our old self, our old patterns and lifestyle, that mindset should be dead. But for some of us, we think it's okay for us to live like our old selves and holding on to that rather than releasing it and living that new life that Jesus calls us towards. Like I said, it's going to be hard for us to keep our eyes on both things. And we as Christians really need to keep our eyes on Jesus. And so if you are struggling to overcome grief, and whether it's you're going through a season of mourning, or whether you're going through this sin and and you're clutching on to your old life, I want to encourage you to find the blessing of comfort from Christ and those who Christ put in your life. It's a challenge to accept a blessing when we are struggling. I I get it. Man, I've been there. It sucks when you hear about these promises that God has and you don't feel it, you don't see it. And whenever I do a heart check in those moments, it's because I'm clutching back on that old self. I'm clutching back on that old life. And it's a challenge. It really is. It's a challenge to choose Jesus in those moments. It's a challenge to choose the blessing he has for us. And this challenge that we have before us really is to be like either Paul or Judas. And the challenge to win, we need to be like Paul. Both of these men faced the consequences of their actions. A moment in time where they both felt shame, grief, and loss. Judas, he betrayed Jesus to the Pharisees, which led to Christ's death. And and he had to live there. And that must have been incredibly tough. Must have been incredibly painful. But Paul, 
Paul also had a very tough season. Paul was this zealous Pharisee who, after Jesus' resurrection, was the end to many Christians. We know the sad truth of Judas, who was overcome with grief of what he had done, and he ended his life. But we also know the truth of Paul, who on the road to kill some Christians, met Christ and chose to forsake his life and follow after Jesus. Both had this incredible amount of grief over their past actions. Yet Paul chose to accept the gift of forgiveness that Christ offered. And Judas, even though he had been with Christ throughout all his ministry years, chose to not accept the same gift. What a, what a bad choice he made. Two men, which not only symbolize the choice that we have, but lived out the end result that happens depending on how we deal with our mourning and how we deal with that sinful mourning that happens. Mourning can be the result of the things we do and the things that happened around us. In the case of Paul and Judas, they were mourning their actions. And this can happen for us too. Sometimes we accidentally or purposely hurt someone and we get left dealing with it, dealing with the actions that we have done. The mourning is a mourning of regret. Other times, it can be because someone hurt us and we are left asking questions of why. We have to then deal with the anger and frustration that can well up during that season. This type of mourning can cause us to really hold on to a bitterness. The mourning can be also because of a loss. A loss of a loved one, a loss of a, a broken promise, a loss which cuts us to the core. And as, as we talked about in Isaiah, God sees us there, and he doesn't want us to stay there. To be honest, there are so many different types of hurts that can cause mourning, can cause seasons of grief, can cause seasons of depression. And I'm sure we could talk for hours upon hours sharing these different types of mornings and sharing our stories of these types of mourning. Life can be hard. There's no question about that. But this is where, again, we find ourselves in the story of Paul and Judas. Are we going to choose to be consumed in that season of mourning? To relive it time and time again until it just breaks us down? Or, through our mourning, are we going to be like Paul? Are we going to let Christ work? Are we going to let Christ save us? Are we going to let the body of Christ come together around us and hold us up? And I know this all sounds simple when I'm saying it like this. Of course we would make the choice to be like Paul. Of course we would. Of course we would choose to let Christ work, to let Christ comfort us, to let ourselves receive the gift and blessing of this passage. But life isn't so easy, tidy, and simple. It's a daily choice to choose Christ, to choose health in every aspect of our life. And that choice is going to be a hard one at times. It's going to require us to be willing to submit to God to forego what we think we are due. And perhaps hardest of all, it's going to have to force us to let go of that corpse 
let go of our old, dead life. But by doing so, what we will choose is what Christ offers us and what Christ is giving us as a blessing. Christ offers us life, resurrected life in every aspect of our life. What an amazing gift. I think for all of us, it's time to accept the gift and blessing and promise of mourning for what it can truly be, the gift of comfort. Let's pray. God, thank you for this morning. God, I thank you for this passage and and how it speaks to the very core of what we go through. God, we will all go through seasons of mourning. It's not a question of if, it's a question of when. And I pray, Lord God, when we do, or if we are right now, that you would give us eyes to see the comfort that you are surrounding us with, the blessing and promise and gift of comfort from the body of Christ, from our family and friends, and from you most of all. God, I pray that we would accept that resurrection power that you have for us. Pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.